everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Chat. It's your panel moderator, Casey, here, and we have a special guest co-host returning to our show, in addition to all the rest of our regular co-hosts are here tonight. So you're going to get a earful of opinions. But before we dive into all of our hot topics, let's check in on our co-hosts. Starting with that special returning guest co-host, Candy, Candace Mack. I almost called you Candy Poo. Candace. Really? <laughs> I'm doing good. Hi, everybody. Glad to be back on this crazy show. <laughs> and happy 10th anniversary to your show, Soap Party 411. How does it feel Thank to support so 10 years? <laughs> it feels, it doesn't feel like 10 years, to be honest with you. Um, it just feels like, like, you know, on here, coming together with my friends and talking about the soap genre, the ups and the downs and the very downs. I'm looking at you, General Hospital. <laughs> Amen, girl. <laughs> Chaz, what about you? How you doing, darling? Oh, Chaz. I'm, hey, I'm sorry. Okay. I was on mute. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm doing great on this beautiful hot day. Awesome. Rodrigo, you weren't with us last week, but you're back this week. How you been? I'm back, bitches. Did you miss me? Oh, child, I didn't miss that cricket wireless internet. You got. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Turn, 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 on, turn on the Wi-Fi, baby. Turn your Wi-Fi on. <laughs> Stop. Stop it. I'm back. Uh, good all natural pcs that's right michelle stafford you came on back to the show you took a break and you're here (laughs) (laughs) oh god alan how you doing baby yeah i guess okay back to you (laughs) Uh, oh shit and then tigs our listeners can't see it of course but you're wearing your another world shirt tonight so how are you mrs Corey? i'm fine thank you in my two sleeping shoes Anyway, well, speaking of canceled soaps, let's get into our first hot topic of the night. Martha Byrne, the Emmy Award (laughs) actress of As the World. Oh, my God. Wow. We all loved as Lily on As the World Turns for many, many years. And she was also on General Hospital for a short stint a few years back. Uh, She revealed some interesting news on Twitter um, yesterday. She said that back in October 2020, her husband was falsely arrested uh, by the FBI um, because since April 27, and this is quoting her tweet directly, since April 2017, the FBI knew my husband had been targeted by Chinese agents using him for nefarious purposes. Now, if you don't know, here's some background. Martha Burns' husband is a very famed private investigator. And allegedly, according to Martha, he unknowingly took a job for the Chinese government. And he never thought anything out of the ordinary about it because it was just allegedly his day-to-day PI operations. Um, Now, I guess they're in the trial, according to another tweet of Martha's, Things aren't really going their way. Um, but Alan, let's go to you. What do you make of this story? It kind of blew up out of nowhere. This is so ridiculous. Okay. Uh, if the FBI has the goods on you, you're going to fucking prison. Point blank, period. Because they don't charge someone unless they have fucking goods on you. So, sorry to her. 
and Tiggs, it kind of Tiggs, it kind of seems like a plot out of As the World Turns. It's pretty crazy. What are your thoughts? Idiot, that shit. <laughs> like, I, I mean, like I said, I feel sorry for the kid, but he did that shit. Look, 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 look. Now, now look, y'all. That will always be my Lily Wall Snyder now. But we all know Martha Byrne. We know her political stances and her loyalties, and we know her husband was a cop for a while. He did that shit. He did it. <laughs> Let me like, oh like, say like, Allegedly. This, motherfucker, this the FBI. Well, allegedly, I believe he did that shit. Because, <laughs> goddammit, it, when, when the FBI got some tea on you, baby, they got some tea on your ass. And it's all hot and ready to go. It got limited and everything. And they ready to spill. Now this ain't, no, this ain't no general hospital type shit. Well, technically it is. Maybe, maybe this is Nina's fault and not the FBI. There you go. No, this so, is well this is better than general hospital, seriously. So now Martha also posted yesterday around 8.24 p.m. on Twitter. Uh, This is a statement, and I'll only read part of it, but it comes directly from their lawyer, Lawrence Lesberg. Uh, She said, and I quote, we are obviously very disappointed with today's verdict and feel strongly that it is not consistent with the evidence in the case, but more importantly, is not consistent with the truth. That truth is that Michael... uh, McMahon never had any idea that he was working for the Chinese government. If he had, he he would not have taken the job or done the work he did. His work in this case was the normal everyday work of a private investigator. Mike's uh, conviction on the stalking counts as a practical matter criminalizes the work of private investigators in every case. So, Candace, you were pretty much on top of this. Um, I know you and Tiggs had to talk about it. We had to talk about it. So, Candace, what are your thoughts on what Martha Burns' husband is going through? Um, I, I mean, you know, I love Martha Byrne. I, I just want to point this out right now. Um, my thoughts and opinions are not reflected on on everybody here in the chat. Um, it's just my opinion of its own. But yeah, um, you know, there's too much evidence that is against him. And with that, it means that there is more alleged evidence, allegedly, um, pointing towards him. Sorry to say this, but he does and is guilty. I feel bad for the 5 a.m. FBI uh, wake up call that they had a couple of weeks ago. I feel bad, um, like you said, for the children as well as Martha. But I'm sorry. This this is bad. This is really bad. Um, and I know that they, you know, issued out a statement. Um, the um, the U- United States Attorney of the Eastern District of New York, and he even weighed in on it too. And um, yeah, they're sticking by this. So, uh, you know, I know that they're going to try to go back and try to appeal uh, the verdict. Um, we shall see what happens. But for right now, guilty. Yeah, I'm definitely on the side of thinking of how this impacted the family. Um, it's probably very hard for those kids to move forward, especially since they watched him be arrested by the agents. Um, but, you know, either way, with the alleged crimes or, you know, with the alleged innocence, justice, I think, in this matter will come out either way. 
It's just a matter of wait and see. Um, but definitely prayers to the family and friends impacted by this, in my opinion. Um, Chaz, let's go to you. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this before we touch with Rodrigo. Um, one thing I think Tig said this, which is very true as, 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 a, as a government employee myself, um, the FBI don't discharge people for fun. Um, unless they got some real shit on you, they they don't do it. I, I think it's it's ironic that he was a private investigator, but he didn't know he was working for the Chinese government. I mean, that's that's it's it's ridiculous in my opinion. You know where your checks are coming from. I mean, that's it's it's just laughable at this moment in time for me that you can actually get away with that and say that. And it's not even allegedly if he was already convicted, so by a jury. So um, it, the thing about it is, is that. <laughs> it's silly to me that you were a private investigator and you didn't know who you was working for the Chinese government you didn't know when your checks kept coming taking a little bit longer to get to your direct deposit it was coming from the Chinese bank you know it's just like you know I work for the government and you know I don't drive over to Canada every day to get my check I mean come on bro like it's it's sad situation I know there's kids involved and everything like that but I mean bro come on now you gotta do better than that you got you it, it didn't even sound like you had a defense so, sorry. Chaz said, "I watch La Law." <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, this is crazy to me. Like, not the L.A. Law at all. <laughs> L.A. Law, man, maybe you gotta go back and forth. You watch that <laughs> Rosalind fell down that elevator. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's less likely that you know this is a 24 situation where he's really you know getting set up by the Chinese government or something like that. It's just you kind of did it and you got caught. Like I said, yeah. the FBI they don't come after you unless you they got bona fide proof that you actually did something. And they make mistakes too. Let me not let's be clear. But in order for you to go to trial and jury members find you guilty, so I'm sorry. So um Rodrigo, before we go to you, there was a write-up about this situation in the New York Times. Um, because three people are convicted of harassing family on behalf of the uh, Chinese government. That's what the headline says. And um, the article says, quote, three men were convicted in Brooklyn federal court on Tuesday of stalking a family in New Jersey suburbs on behalf of the Chinese government. The defendants, Michael McMahon, uh, McMahon, pardon me, 55, Zhu Young, 66, and Zhang Khan, nope, 27, were found guilty of stalking oh. in a related conspiracy <laughs> charge. <laughs> Mr. What's Zoom, his name? Mr. <laughs> Zoom. Child, this is why this is not the view. This is the chat. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. oh. You messed that poor man name up. <laughs> poor is right. Mr. Oh. Zoo and Mr. McMahon oh, were also found. So this is interesting. Mr. Zoo and Mr. McMahon were also found guilty of acting as unregistered foreign agents. And Mr. Zhu was convicted on a second conspiracy charge. Speaking outside the courthouse on Tuesday, Mr. McMahon, a retired New York Police Department surgeon turned private investigator, maintained his innocence and vowed to continue fighting to clear his name. These are Michael's words, quote, if I had known that they were part of a foreign government looking to harass anybody, I would have said no and I would have called the FBI. So, so with that in mind and with now knowing that three were convicted, what are your thoughts? What in the Hogan chef of hell? <laughs> Rest in peace, Hogan. Rest in peace, Hogan. But this sounds like something you would have wrote up on that as well, sir, because 
this sounds like that plot where Carly was in Hong Kong and <laughs> shut <laughs> up. <laughs> okay, let me be serious. G um, man, no, that's wrong. So that's the wrong. Martha, so. baby, I don't think you. You may not want to say nothing during this time or give any statements or anything like that because it looks like your husband is going to be occupied for some years to come unless he get one of Cardi B's lawyers or something because she seems to have the right people behind her whenever she has any legal issues. But look, I'm sorry, Martha. Like, first of all, I didn't even know about this story until Martha like put it out there. I mean, so real. I, I didn't know this was going on. I didn't know it was local news or national news. I had never heard of this case before. When Martha tweeted the other day, I was like, whoa. And I'm just feeling it's like, you know, Martha, you are involved in a lot of stuff. Um about the years and you know you your privilege. Oh. It's not it's not looking good for you, but babe. Um I'm sorry for you. I mean for someone not to know they're working for the Chinese government, you I mean, as someone uh, as myself that works for the government, I go through background checks and clearances. Uh -huh. And, uh -huh. You know, there's paperwork involved and you know, just to go through the government HR, it's a pain in the ass. Everybody knows that. But you know where you're working. You know who you're working for. I mean, I, I have no, I, have, I am clear of where I work for the government. I am clear where my checks come. Um, but I just don't know where he didn't know. And then he said that if he had known he was working for the government, he wouldn't, the Chinese, he wouldn't have been doing it. But what was you doing in the first place? So you would have worked with someone else and do the same tactics you were doing? And, and how does it, you know, now that, you know, I kind of looked it up more for our show tonight, you know, there were three people involved. Yeah, Zhu Yu and, you know, you didn't know. Larry Slavidovich, as Jamie Giddens used to say. I mean, I'm not getting it. Yeah, it's weird. I'm sorry, Martha. Like, you know, sorry you're going through this. Your children are going through this, but. Hmm. That sounds like an episode of Law and Order. It really do. It's like his only line of defense is, yeah, I, I, well, I didn't you, know. Don't, girl, it don't fly. They don't fly the, these days no more. I didn't, okay, know. I didn't know. Girl. I didn't know my own strength, baby. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> like like him saying, if I didn't know, if I, if I would have known, if I didn't, like, he, oh, oh, Jay, you, I did you knew something. <laughs> you, okay, it must have quit. Okay. You kept getting, like, you kept getting paid. In Simpson. You getting paid in cash. <laughs> In a suitcase, and you ain't gonna question where that money comes from. Look, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Right. OJ, OJ's trial ruined the soaps, but yet Martha Burns' husband, and she's a soap actress, took defense lessons from OJ Simpson. It's ridiculous. I, I just feel like you keep getting you keep getting these suitcases delivered full of money. You didn't know if something was wrong. We don't know if it was suitcases. But anyway, let's move Regardless. on. Let's move on to happier matters and 
Still speaking on canceled soaps, let's talk about the upcoming daytime Emmys, um, which will probably be this fall. (laughs) But Susan Lucci, who for 41 years played the unstoppable, incomparable Erica Kane, is receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award along with famed talk show host Maury Povich. So, Tiggs, they're putting respect on the Queen for the 50th annual Daytime Emmys. What are your thoughts? I, you know, I'm with it. Like, I think we were talking about this a few weeks ago, like, who was going to get it? And she was one of the people I list. Yeah, totally. Period. <laughs> on his career after retiring and all that. Um, Susan deserved it. She should have been got it. Like, that, that all my children have been over for 12 motherfucking years. Why the fuck she just now getting it? They should have gave it to her to get the damn show went off there. It's definitely, you know, to give it to her now with it being the 50th, though, is definitely, like, the highest standard to me. Because um, to me, yeah, Susan was the first person who popped into my mind. Um, I just had this feeling. And there is no bigger face of daytime ever. Susan Lucci was always called the face of daytime and still is, um, which is crazy because her show's been off the air for a decade. Um, and so it's amazing that she's getting this honor. And I'm so happy for Maury as well. Um, it definitely feels right that they do a double honor this time around for it being so big with the 50th annual awards. Um, but Alan, let's go to you. What are your thoughts on these two being the recipients? Such a series, but I'm not sure about Maury. I know he's an icon in the daytime world. He had that show for years, but it was trash TV. I watch it occasionally, but... Just having people be like, oh, I'm not the father. Oh, he looks just like, he just looks like, oh, it's just like you. He has your nose. <sighs> I'm not sure about that. But I mean, wasn't, you know, wasn't daytime talk, the popularity of it was built off of trash shows. Phil Donahue, Oprah was never afraid to get a little trashy. Um, Maury. Oprah wasn't no trash television. Oprah wasn't well, afraid to get trashy, is what I said. I didn't say Oprah was. Tra- nah, Oprah's early years. Now let's be real. Oprah's yep. early years. If you go back to the tape, she was doing some. Um, she, she did the paternity. She, she invited she the clan members. She wheeled yeah, out the wagon of fat. She decided like, to, until she decided to live. It was, no, life. it was Chaz. It was a long time before Oprah became a documentary. Okay. Yeah. No, oh, hey, no, no, no. I see what Chad is saying. No, Oprah, well, yes, yeah, she did little things here in her first few years, but Oprah was never Maury Povich. It was never Jerry. It was oh, no, I'm not going to Here we go fighting. We're talking about Maury Povich and Jerry. No, I'm I, I'm not comparing. No, by and neither am I. But over the trash TV, I'm just saying her early years, maybe the first three years of that show. I'm just saying. And Oprah uh, still had Oprah still put on like two trash episodes yeah. a year out of but the. I see, you but know, I see what Alan is talking about with Maury because, <laughs> this is what the Emmys do. Like you didn't give this man one man a nomination when he was on daytime. And you shit on the show, the paternity show. You never invited him to the party. 
But now that he's retired, now you want to give him an Emmy. You know I mean? Okay. But, but to me, it's well-deserved. He put over three decades. It is well-deserved. Into, into television. Like, I mean, I, I remember before he even had that show, he had a current affair. Murray, mm -hmm. thank you. I don't give a damn. He deserves it. And Jerry Punk well, ass, bad ass, deserve next year. Jerry deserved it, too. And that's what I think maybe that's not, maybe that might know, open the door for these other talk show hosts to finally get their due. Like, you know, the ones that, you know, yeah, like Montel Williams and then people like that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, they should get like their said, flowers too. It. Jerry should get it next year. Ricky Lake. Like, yeah, this was trash TV, but they contributed a lot to Sally, Sally Jesse should get Sally, it. Sally, Phil Donahue. So, like, yeah, it's like... Well, Phil Donahue... Did Phil Donahue get one already? Oh, did he? Yeah, he got a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah, I was going to say, because Donahue was on longer than Oprah was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but no, Maury deserves. Congrats. Like I said, I hope Jerry get it next year. Yeah, Jerry Springer got ridiculous at the end, but like I said, if you if you was there in the 90s, you know why Jerry deserves Period. Mm-hmm. So uh, definitely Susan Lucci. I'm glad she's getting it while well, she's still yes. here, getting her flowers. Uh, I expect a a nice packaged video, <laughs> uh, please. I need some interviews, past and present, mm -hmm. and, and really, um, I want stars. Uh, uh, no, past. With the yeah, CBS, no, got it. I want yeah. CBS to give a big fuck you to ABC. Fuck you. I want that whole trip to be a big fuck you. Fuck I want you. All her daughters out there. I want Alicia Minshew. I want Eden Regal out there. I want I Sarah. want all, her, all them out there. No, Julie, you know what? You all, all I will say that yes. Julie ain't coming to no fucking award. I want Sarah Michelle Gellert. You I know really who do. it needs to be and no. she wouldn't allow that. I think it needs to be presented though by Carol Burnett. That's what I'll say. I think it needs to be presented to Susan by Carol Burnett um, because that is a friendship that has gone for decades. Um, you know, Carol wrote about Susan in her book. Um, Carol is still doing press tours and everything because of her 90th birthday. Um, so, yeah, I would love Carol, for it to be handed to Carol her. or maybe Walt Willie. Oh, no, oh, Rosie. Well, you know, can I oh, be real for a second? Yeah, Get Rosie. Her. Get Carol Burnett, Rosie O'Donnell, or Oprah, because I'm sorry, Walt Willie can be there. He ain't going to pull the no ratings for the daytime Emmys if he hands it to her, though. I'm just going to be real. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, I, know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, like, yeah. This, this, like, her life. Get Oprah. Yeah. Get Oprah. I think Oprah. If, they get, if Oprah actually attends, I will be shocked. Oh, she, I she's she coming. No, she will do the same. Shit I mean, she'll she'll do, she'll, 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 she'll do a video. She'll do a video. Yeah, she'll do like, a video. They'll get, Oprah, they'll get Oprah for like a thirty-second Zoom call, and she'll do that shit like Jennifer Aniston did for John last year. But she ain't coming. Mm. Yeah, they need somebody big to present it. And you know, they might have asked Susan to call somebody up. People show up for Susan Lucci. They always have. Susan Lucci has the connections. Um, but Candace. I know that this means a lot to you because tell the story about 1999. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So 1999, um, it was, you know, it was a crazy time in the world. Everybody thought that uh, this was the last year on earth for everybody before 2000. Y'all know y'all was there. Um, it was the end of some soaps. 
sorry, Tiggs. Um, but it was the, you know, it's the the daytime Emmys live from Radio City Music Hall, live on CBS. Mm. And there was like a big, you know, build up because, you know, this was Susan Lucci's <laughs> big 19th nomination. <laughs> For the daytime Emmys, like, will she go into the next century, the next decade, whatever, and didn't win? But on that particular night, it was also my junior prom night. <laughs> so I went to my junior prom. Long story short, for those who've heard the story, I did not go to my after prom party. I came right back home. My great grandmother rewound the tape. That tells you how long ago this was. And we sat until two o'clock in the morning to find out if Susan Lucci was going to win or not. She won. I'm crying. We're all crying. I'm getting all emotional. Didn't care about my after prom party, but I was just really emotional and I was really happy because this woman, every single time you watch the daytime Emmys, it was like an ongoing soap saga. Will she or won't she? Will it finally happen this year after getting some good material or will it not happen? Will she will she retire? Will she, I mean, that's what we all kind of assume. So this is here's the thing. That is by far, and if you ask any daytime fan, what is the number one most memorable moment of the daytime Emmys? They will tell you when when Shamar Moore said, the streak is over, Susan Lucci. And everybody, if any of you didn't watch All My Children, you knew who Susan Lucci was by name and face. Everybody and their mama and grandmother stood up for this woman behind the scenes of the awards and in front. And for for that, for her to get it for this milestone, the 50th, well deserved. Well deserved. And with Mari, like you just brought up, yeah, of course he's the, you know, you know, you are not the father, but like you just said, I think some people forgot he started a little bit earlier with a current affair. A current affair was sort of the TMZ of that generation, of that decade and everything. If you think about it, I, I'm really happy with the the picks this year. Um, I already said what they could do for opening intro, little skit, but we'll see what happens. But I'm really happy and I'm really happy Susan Lucci. Well deserved. And I hope I I really hope they get some good people for her video packet. Kelly Ripper, looking at you too. You know, even that's another person who could even present her the award. Kelly could do it. Um, that's not a bad choice at all, I don't think. Um, but yeah, Candace, I just, I love it when you tell that story. I think it's such a piece of daytime. And we wore the same dress, almost too. If anybody, like that dress, that's uh-huh. legit. My prom dress was almost identical. So, that's another reason I'm really happy about. I'm going to seriously go to the Emmys with my prom dress. I'm going to duplicate that dress. I, I trust and believe I will. Amen. <laughs> hey, amen. I remember that night too, God. I remember that night of her renting that damn Emmy. I think I was at home by myself and I just remember just screaming at the top of my motherfucking lungs. <laughs> Well, let's move on to the last remaining ABC daytime soap, which is, of course, General Hospital, um, because General Hospital is putting up a big story with Ned. So Ned fell into the Metro Court pool and Drew saved him. Flash forward a few episodes, he wakes up in the hospital 
and he thinks he's Eddie Maine. Um, but this is kind of confusing as to why he thinks that, um, especially since Eddie Maine was an alias, not a real person. And it sent GH Twitter into a frenzy over history and everything else. So, Rodrigo, I- I'm just going to hand it over to you because I know GH is your show. So tell us your thoughts on Eddie Maine's return. <laughs> That's what Ned's happy ass kid for trying to run over there to try to snitch on my Nina. The spirits of Tony Jones and AJ Quarterman said, not right now, you won't. <laughs> you won't do this right now. Um, the Eddie Mang twist, you know, that's clever. Chris and Dan, Dan and Chris. That was cute. It'd but, be clever if they knew who he was. <laughs> um, Eddie Mang was a made-up rock altar that Ned used when he met Lois Cirillo back in 1993 and then fell in love with her but then he had to deal with Catherine Bell and ended up marrying Catherine Bell because she blackmailed him because she found out what he was doing and, and Lois didn't know that Ned was married and then Ned done married Lois so Ned was married to Lois as Eddie made and to Catherine as Ned Ashton. So it was based on a lie. So Eddie Main does not exist. There is no Eddie Main. So Danny Chris, I'm a little confused of where we're going with this because Ned thinks it's 2023 and <laughs> he thinks he's Eddie Main in the 90s. I, I'm a little confused by this. Um, I don't know where we're going with this. Are we gonna? Are we for real? Is this just a plot device to keep Nina, you know, sweating until her and Sonny's wedding, and that's when he'll come back as Ned, and then they'll expose Nina for doing her civic duty and turning over two people who did insider trading. It's stupid. That aspect is dumb to me. Unless we're bringing back Rena Sofer as Lois, what is the point of this? Um, or even, not- you know, unless we're bringing because- back Lois at all, really. I mean, if we can get Rena back, great, because Wally came on our show, what, two, three years ago and said he and Rena talk about it all the time. And then, I mean, there's Julie Pinson out there. Please do not bring back Leslie Kay. Um but, you know, they need a Lois. That's a huge misunderstanding right. What I would like with this story, if they were going to make it serious, is how this would affect Olivia. And Eddie Maine wants his Lois. And that's when you bring Lois, you know, Brooklyn brings Lois into town to see what she could do to help. And, you know, that starts maybe a little triangle that's, you know, Lois. And um, it was established that Lois... And Olivia were girls back, the teenagers back in Bensonhurst together. So you bring that aspect to it. But I don't think that's where this is going. This feels like a plotty mess that's going to be saved until Ned gets his memory and Sonny and Nina are getting married and she'll be exposed there. So, Which is so stupid. <laughs> I think this is where this is going because the last, I'm just going to put it out there, the last couple of weeks, a month or so of GH 
it is uh, it it's is been off. a very like it's it's today's really episode i think it is giving me scab rider vibes today because not nothing made sense on today's episode whatsoever and yeah this eddie main thing that's just par for the course like i'm starting to think these are scab riders because i don't i don't get this whatsoever i don't either um alan what about you? How do you think the story with Ned is developing? I'm happy Wally Girl has a story because I think he's a really underrated actor. But this doesn't really make any fucking sense. Because Eddie Maine was not like an older personality or something. He was just an alias. So why does he think he's Eddie Maine? I know the brain is mysterious and all that, but what the fuck? And it's probably not going to go anywhere interesting. They're not going to bring back Lois or anything like that. So if the only point is just to stall for the fucking big reveal where Everyone can yell at Nina and wag their finger at her. Then fuck this. And that's what I have a big problem with because, like, you know, the GH promo. What was it this past week? It's like time's running out for Nina. You know, will she apologize? It's like at the basis of this, what is so forgotten by the General Hospital writers is that. You can be obsessed with Carly. I don't care if, you know, Laura Wright is Frank's muse um, or, you know, Chris and Dan love the character of Carly. But, and also let's stop talking about Laura Wright as well. This is a woman who is doing a fine job with very shitty material for the past decade. She's a good actress. I'm so tired if I see on Twitter, you know, every day it's let's go after Laura Wright. Let's go after Catherine Kelly Lang. Let's go after Krista Allen. Let's go after Annika Noel, Jackie Wood. Enough. It's enough. They're actresses doing their job for their paycheck. So getting back to character, however, if you want Carly to be the front burner character, fine. If you adore her and want her to be on seven days a week out of your five episodes a week, make math make sense, fine. But Nina, at the end of the day, turned people in for a crime. And that that's it she didn't do the crime it's just like you know when nina was getting her consequences for cutting the baby out of ava a decade ago she got in trouble for her crime so i don't understand why the writers think that carly and drew are you know the holiest of abc soap opera characters this isn't mona kane you know, or Carly's not Lila Quartermain. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. They it's should face power. prison time. Yeah, Maureen, Drew, exactly. Drew just knowingly just taking this deal to leave Scout again to do I don't time like for Carly. I, that, that aspect was so foolish. I'm so glad Sam called him out on yesterday's yeah. episode. I was like, that doesn't make no sense. He's no like, oh, she don't know me anyway. She didn't know me, so she'll find, she'll be fine. What? I, I didn't like that. that whole time Drew... in that prison, daydreaming about getting back to Scout and all this shit, and now you just willy-nilly want to go back to jail for Carly. Because she can't get sister. over Donna, because Donna will be affected. Don... What about your daughter will be affected by this? Like, it, it doesn't make no sense. Like, yeah. I had, a, I had a huge problem with it. Um, but Candace, let's go to you. What are you thinking of Ned's story? And then what do you also think of this whole 
Nina's Day of Reckoning is coming. <laughs> um, I'm going to just be honest as I can be. I don't give a rat's booty about this because this is what I've been trying to tell people about General Hospital. I have no idea what has happened to General Hospital. I really don't. This is, I, I keep saying, Dan and Chris, and yeah, Frank, I'm putting you in this too. You guys know that not every, I'm mean, okay. When they do storylines and bring, when they have like new faces, like a Cody or whatnot, they can't let that stand, stay still. They have to tie the character to somebody that most of the GH viewers do not know. So you got Cody being related to um, Dominique, which is still, I'm, irked, I'm still irked by that, y'all. I'm still irked by it. And then you got Austin related to Jimmy Bob over there. Nobody knows who Jimmy is. Okay, fast forward. Dan and Chris, you keep using Laura Wright and Cynthia Wachos as your savior. And the thing is, I love Laura Wright. That is my Maryland girl. I loved her since she was on Loving. Cynthia Watros, that's my Annie Dutton. And you and they're great actresses. Don't get it twisted, but come on now. Yo, every time I turn on when I, I on Monday, I always cringe because I'm like, okay, it's either gonna be a Nina or a Carly promo of how one of them is gonna get back at the other person and there's gonna be consequences. But there's none. I'm getting sick and tired of this. There, Carly and Nina are not. Uh, Stephanie and Brooke, or Jill or Catherine, or Vicky or Dorian. They, it, no, 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 no. The Drew thing irked the, you, mm, that irked me to, to the point where I was like, you know what, GH, me and you are about to have a divorce and it's not going to be fun. How dare you, who, whoever wrote that line of saying, oh, Scout won't mind because I, she doesn't know me. She has other people. It, it'll be fine. It'll be okay. And like you just said, guys, uh, Dan and Chris, you wrote when Drew came back from jail and his whole, you know, process was Scout. To get back to Scout. All he kept talking about was Scout. In dialogue in the last year, Scout and Drew has hung out together. So the fact that, that Drew said all that, I was like, you know what? Mm, this is irking me. Kelly Monaco, nice to come into work yesterday i really appreciate you saying that dante's not her father you are i was like <laughs> speaking for the people in the back now <clears throat> this eddie main storyline this is one of those where i'm like dan chris y'all should have just frank even i there's no words when i'm it it's like okay when Ned was hop skipping and jump like dude I do that day and he falls over towels. By the way, safety people, please pick up your towels by the pool. Thank you. Um, I was like, okay, is we going to do you know memory loss storyline? Is is this what's going to happen? So when he comes saying, you know, because I was like, clearly he's going to forget what he just found out about Nina. So Nina gets off a little bit and whatnot. But when he woke up and said he was Eddie Main, I was like. Oh, this ain't gonna be good. And I know everybody wants Lewis to come back, you know, who you know, but can we be honest? Dan and Chris ain't gonna do that. There's one person on there that they might connect him to, and that's Alexis, if they go that route. 
you're but right that Chris and Dan won't be working on Lois's return because a scab writer will be <laughs> well even but here's the thing with this too I don't even trust the scab writers to do it because I'm going to be honest I when it comes to the history of General Hospital and this is sad for me to say this because it's their 60th anniversary this year where they should be taking a page out of Young and Rustless and going back in their history I don't trust them to do it I don't trust them to do the storyline because, all right, you may not know Olivia. And depends on where you was at. You probably don't know that Brooklyn has grown up, but you don't know Tracy. And, and like you just said, Eddie was a persona. It was an on stage persona. He was not. Dan and Chris, you did the storyline two years ago with Sonny. With Sonny and Mike. I don't. I don't. I'm, mm, I. I can't. I think what's it's missing for me, I think one of the big parts missing for me is the fact that he knows what year it is. If right. they were going to do this story, he should have thought it was 1995. And so, like, for him to know the year, that's a big uh oh in the story. That's a big scab that they've opened up on the scar because for this to have worked, I- I'm cool with. The fact they wanted him to be Eddie Main, even though it's an alias. But Tracy, like he should have said when they asked him what year it is, 1995. And then Tracy said, oh, crap. So he's taken his alias into his amnesia persona. There you go. Their their point blank period, move the story along, do flashbacks, get back. But they didn't do that. They decided to. I thought what they did is when whoever wrote that script from the breakdown, from the long story, from the thrust, whatever, is they probably thought they were being creative and saying, we'll flip amnesia on its head. And we'll say, he knows what year it is. But they didn't think that decision through. They didn't think it through. Um, But Tiggs, what are your thoughts? And also, um, do you agree with Rodrigo and Candace that you think GH has backslide immensely? Hell yeah. You see, I ain't watched that shit in damn near two months. Um, I, mm-hmm. I don't think I've watched it since the nurses ball, right? Yeah, the nurses ball. Oh, when Victor was killed off, yeah. I ain't watched since then. Cause I just yes, loving Spencer and Trina. My thoughts on Ned, like you said, Casey, he should still think it's 1994. He shouldn't think it's 2023. And also. As soon as you pitch this idea to the network or pitch this idea to Frank or whatever, you should have been on the motherfucking phone with me. So what's the, what's the point of bringing Eddie Main up if Lois ain't there? That's stupid. And I know they think they're being clever. Ooh, Eddie Main, who's 65th anniversary? Throwback. You're not even doing it right. Shut your ass up. Like, this is just like what, what Dave did um, with the whole uh, Renee Demare thing with Sarah, all because they wanted to, you know, pay homage to Felice Sanders. That was a shitty story. And I'm pretty sure Felice was rolling over in her fucking grave, but it's just fucking stupid. And it's just as stupid now with this shit. Just so we can drag until what? November sweeps and Sonny and Nina's wedding and. Ned ain't gonna stop the wedding. Ned gonna remember. He gonna run and tell Olivia. Olivia like a punk ass puppy dog. Gonna run and tell Carly. And then Laura Wright's gonna be dressed to the nines. And she gonna prance her ass in there with that fucking smirk. 
and blow the whole wedding up. It's so predictable. It's so biased. It's so tone deaf. Carly can be y'all female in the show when it should be fucking Laura. But it's just like, let's circle back to Susan Lucci. When Erica's punk ass stole that damn baby from Maria, she still paid for it and went to fucking jail. When on YNR, when Victor pulled that bullshit with Marco and Aselli, his ass actually went to fucking jail for it. I was shocked. One good thing Chuck Pratt did when he was over there, Victor actually paid for what the fuck he did. It's to the point now where Carly is, she the Teflon Don. Fuck Sonny. She's more untouchable than Sonny. That's bullshit. Like, she suffers no consequences for nothing, but she gets to look down her nose at everybody in their mama in town. No. This is horrible storytelling. Horrible. And that's the main reason why I'm not watching. Your A story is shit, and it makes no sense. Yeah. And whoever... Oh, go ahead, Rodrigo. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say whoever is writing that Ava Jerome storyline with Austin and her trying to get the goods on Sonny, shame on y'all. Because the way y'all have Ava Jerome, Ava to the damn Jerome, asking for help on how to get the goods on someone is asinine and stupid. And y'all keep doing this thing with Ava where she is getting victimized by these men telling her what to do and she has to like play scared and all this shit. No. That's not how you write Ava Jerome. And it's dumb. This plot well, who is she trying dumb. to get the good time? So now Mason, that bald headed Mr. Clean, that um is Austin's cousin, wants her to get the goods on Sonny because she's black he's blackmailing her with the information about Nicholas. And my whole thing is, that's why when all this happened, I don't know why Ava just didn't go to Sonny. Because the minute she told him, the minute she would have told him that that motherfucker threatened Avery, Sonny would have been like, now who the fuck is Mason and when the fuck, where, where can I find him? Because he's going to die. Because this is leading up to something. If Ava would have said that, Sonny would have made sure he got murked. And his punk ass boss, who needs to be Olivia Drone, recast Beth Chamberlain. But, um, like, it, it doesn't make any sense. And I, I, I feel sorry for Roger Howard. I know he like, goddamn, Franco could have stayed alive if that was the goddamn case. It's like, why bring him on as a quartermain and you didn't fully integrate him with the family? Why hasn't he shared scenes with Tracy? We should have scenes with Tracy treating him like shit because she never gave a fuck about his dad. Like, Austin should, be in this, Austin, should be, Austin should be in this SEC story as well. Like He's part of the court. It don't make no sense. What was the point of killing Franco off if Roger Hall is going to be on once once every three weeks um, and with no story? He has no story. You have and that's Roger the whole thing about Roger ain't bitching because I know that motherfucker ain't nowhere near his guarantee. Him and Michael Easton, they both like, oh, damn, we ain't working no more. <laughs> We'll I, mean, well, well, I mean, well, Michael, if they ain't I'm gonna bring, saying, if they ain't gonna bring saying, Hayden back, right. they can. If they ain't gonna bring Hayden back, they can get rid of him. But Austin had potential, but well, they just didn't tap into none. I I got to be real with you all. In this bloated cast, which we know has been a problem for the past eleven years of the show, 
we don't need those two guys. I'm sorry, they're both. No, no, we don't. We don't. Good actors. We don't need them. We said we don't need them, but they. But they clearly need love. As long as Frank is there, Michael Easton and Roger Hoff have job security. I I changed my opinion. Laura Laura Wright is not the number one stunner over there. (laughs) It is Roger (laughs) Howard and Michael Easton. I because those two get a they get Mm. to work one. Once every three weeks, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and collect a whole week worth of checks. So it's you know it's a win-win for both of them. I mean, what look, we're not complaining about their airtime that people used to always complain about. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, because you don't see them, they're not Exa- on there. exactly. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it don't even matter if they're not there for two months. We don't even notice. Yeah, exactly, like like Austin's been around for two years. Austin's been around for two years, and the the character isn't fleshed out or anything. Not and the same all. is going, and the same thing is going on with Dex. Dex's been on; he's been on camera for a year. We still know little to nothing about Dex. Yeah, he was in the military. Yes, his parents didn't give a fuck about him. His his siblings treated him like shit. That's all we know about it. Oh, Tracy and, done. And, and, Tracy and he's horny. He's horny for Josh. And subconsciously horny for Sonny and Michael, but like you know, like other than that, why is not Austin in this Ned thing? Ned is in the hospital. Austin, did he get one scene with the Quartermains? Did he get one scene with Tracy? Did he get... I don't even yeah. think he's Ned's doctor. I mean, it's like it's no, so it's, it's crazy. Because you could and, and you could play that. Tracy could be like, look. You may be technically family because of my father, but I don't want you touching my son. <laughs> like, you know, shit like that. Play no. something. Play something. I'm just like... Just play some beats here. Um, but Alan, let's go to you. Alan, what do you think of the state of the show as a whole? Uh, it's about par Par's days right now as being bad. I Watching it as a chore, a lot of it doesn't really make sense. And... Yeah, it sucks. As bad as what Young Lorenzo is right now is good, so that's bad. I mean, it used to be Young Lorenzo would be the worst one, the much right, right and powerful and beautiful, but and GH would be, usually be good ish, even if you had problems with it. Right now, General Oswald is a, a, just like fart noise. <laughs> because it is like. <laughs> no, I haven't been this. Like, not in. I, I'm very benevolent about General Hospital right now, and I ain't been like this since 2018 when I took that two and a half year break. Cause uh, it ain't that bad now. That shit. Ooh, God damn. Like, that was no. That was the February worst. 2018 oh. to August 2020. Oh my. Mm-hmm. God. I don't know why. The show started oh off so God. good in the beginning. My it's goodness, like off. that shit. Like Gene and Shelly Swan song. Ooh, that shit. Garen Wolf is. Is goddamn, ugh. Daniel Steele compared to that bullshit. But like, it's just like I said, you. It's just it's not making sense, especially with the whole thing with the agenda thing. You can see what's gonna happen from a mile away. It's 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 repetitive. It's it's like Nina's the new punching bag. It used to be Ava, now it's Nina. And it's just like, you know, whoever Sonny and Carly hate right now, and or Carly hate right now, they're the new punching bag. And it's just, it's stupid. It's fucking stupid. Nobody cares. 
Yeah, I, not at all. <laughs> and then why the fuck has Willow had that fucking transplant yet? Yeah, she did finally. She finally got it. Oh, she did. Oh, good for her. But no, if, if I was, but no, if, if I'm I was, glad, damn, glad the bird flu has. She's still in that damn hospital. If I, I wish it was somebody from the American Cancer Society that actually watched the show and just blasted their asses on Twitter and called them out like, this whole storyline is poorly written and highly... Well, they didn't do it when it was well, Anna's blood cancer and they got the well, cancer. Well, so why uh, do it now? Allegedly, they worked with somebody from the American Cancer Society. Who, 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 who Candace, the fucking janitor? Shout out to all the custodial engineers out there. We we appreciate you. There's no way that this girl has been fighting this for a year, then gave birth to a baby that had little to no treatment. Willow would have been fucking dead by Christmas. Willow should have been dead six months ago. Look how quickly we lost Jackie's aim. Bullshit. Yeah. It's fucking offensive. It's offensive because we have two incapable fucking writers. Dan and Chris can't fucking write. And they can't anybody lines forever because they don't know where they're fucking going with them. And then when they finally do it, the climax is wonky. Yep. They don't respect the history of the show. They don't respect yeah. any of the characters. And they damn sure don't respect the fucking fans. When this writer strike is over, both of the motherfuckers need to be fired. I love how Tiggs is wearing this Another World shirt in the spirit of like Beverly fucking McKenzie just came out. <laughs> right? <laughs> the because spirit I'm, of Beverly I'm McKenzie but that's destroyed Thompson. Like, well, if you, if you believe that little like, striker lady, it might not be back when the strike is over. No, because fuck that lady. We talked about her last week. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I know, but look, yes, the show, when the, the first, I would say up to a, up to the anniversary, GH was my show. Like they, that show I was, was right there with you. It the stories are making sense. Shit mm-hmm. was happening, and then right after the anniversary, I saw a direction. I was like, "Hmm, this ain't going too well." And I would say right is, after. I would say right after Victor died for me. Yeah, I mean, they, so like they. When they, that's a problem that Dan and Chris has. When they end yeah. their big climax stories, they have a hard time regrouping mm-hmm. to new stories because right now all I see is just a bunch of people talking. Um, the only bright spot I do see is like, I do like Zeke and Jordan. I think that shit was hot between those two. I see that developed, that little development, the messiness of that, if they play that well. Uh, having Tagger be the potential police commissioner again is I do like that but other than that people are just talking mm-hmm. like, and Trina, even my Sprina even my Sprina has they, they've you give this big answer, this big climactic Spencer's not really dead she jumps to his arms I'm thinking oh finally we're going to start something and now they're back to like you know, they barely even had had a date again, and like they're, they're not they're back to this baby man. Well, and, and, and I think are, that irks me they're too. Losing me, they're losing me. They're losing me. Like last month in May, well, teetering on the end of April, going through mid-May, 
General Hospital was textbook The Young and the Restless when it came to their younger set. They were like textbook Bill Bell. They had two very front burner young couples. And now they've both just petered out with the rest of the show. You know, I'm not, this is not the worst GH has ever been. This is not, you know, it was, I think, worse last year for a time up until they, you know, kind of got to late September, early October. But it's underwhelming. I think that's like GH's big problem. It's not horrible. It's definitely not the worst soap on TV because you either turn on Days of Our Lives or B&B. It's just underwhelming. It's just summertime. Like you, like you, said, like you said, Rodrigo, a lot of talk. <laughs> it's summertime. This is when you should be showcasing your, your, your young characters more. Things should be tightening up. Uh, I, th- they don't this know whole, how to do it. This no, F- they don't. They don't. Crab, making Nina the, the villain in this storyline is crap. Which doesn't it remind you a lot of how Wyandar treats Diane? Because they treat yes. Nina the same way. <laughs> right. No, but and, like, and I love me my Cynthia Watros, but I do not want to see Nina I don't continue either. to be scared and like this is not the Nina I know and remember and love. I like the Nina with his balls in the wall. They didn't give a fuck. She did what she did. She ain't apologizing for it and she gonna keep it moving. It doesn't make any sense. And then Ava has given her the bad advice. One week she says to shut up. Next week she says to confess. Then the following week she says to shut up. And then the week after that she says don't say nothing. What? She's <laughs> pointed out Ava's bad advice lately. Oh my no, God. she has. Ava has not been making sense because sometimes there have been scenes where Ava's almost kind of be like, oh no, no, no. <laughs> Don't you make Miss Caroline mad now, Nina? Right. No, no. Ava should be like, fuck that bitch. Hell, I should have told the SEC shit. Now, what yeah, could Because I Ava, thought Ava was the one who made yeah. the call. That's what I'm, Casey. We see each other because what could save Here. this story is Ava is intentionally playing and gaslighting Nina because she made the call and she's the one that's making her. With the back and forth. Wouldn't that be such a hood move? <laughs> making her subtle because, because at the end of the like, day, Ava like, still resents. No, it's a double-edged sword. She, it's, it's one way to give back because she has never forgiven Nina for what she did to her. And she has that in the back of her mind that she's always going to get that bitch back and take down Carly at the same time. She would kill two birds with one stone and get her custody of her child, kill, get Avery back. And that <laughs> would be a storyline. But that's not what Kristen didn't do. I don't even think oh. they know who really did this. And I think it was Tracy. And I think Tracy might have done this. I swear to Eddie fucking Maine. God, though. I swear to God, if they say it was Eddie Maine, <laughs> go be I'll be mad. <laughs> if by the end of this, they say Ned's been Eddie Maine a lot longer than he thought he was. That'd be ID. Oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, don't give my they will. You know they will. That's the sad part, is I would not put that story past them. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to uh, the bold and the beautiful. So we're in Rome, we're having fun, and then a leaked script <sighs> comes along, and then a promo comes along showing that Thomas and Hope are finally going to share a passionate kiss. Liam is going to catch it. And then he goes blabbing to Steffi from the leaked script. 
So Chaz, let's go to you because I'm curious, even though you don't watch the show, to hear your thoughts on this latest development. <laughs> um, from the shots, Rome is beautiful. Um, <laughs> outfits are wonderful. Kudos to uh, Brad Bell for still making the show look wonderful um, and having enough money to actually do an on-location shoot. Congratulations. Um, that's all I have, Casey. Back to you. Oh, damn. nice. I like it. I like it. <laughs> As we see each other. I'm keeping as positive as I possibly can. They, the show looks wonderful. They do a balanced budget. Like I said, it's just like the shots that I saw were gorgeous. You know, it's like I was watching Top Chef when they do one of those, you know, little things. It, it, I'm glad that they have enough money. Now, to speaking take. of shots, I am going to need Paramount Plus to stop trying to play the bold and the beautiful when I'm watching the Under the Restless. I'm okay, because as soon as I see that talent card, I turn that motherfucker off. Because here I was enjoying the Young and the Restless for two weeks straight, which we'll get to. And every time. Up next, bold and beautiful. Up I'm next, fine. no, the fuck not. <laughs> okay, I'm glad that they he's they have enough money. You know, the the overseas is doing what they need to do to get them make sure they have enough money to take the show overseas. I'm so glad that they have enough money to do the same storylines that we've been seeing for the last ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Jess, that was such a backhanded compliment. I love it. Just saying, um, we this. Just just let me know when somebody falls. Well, Beautiful, oh, okay. gowns, beautiful gowns, Chess. Beautiful gowns. Great gowns. Great gowns. <laughs> now, beautiful gowns. Rodrigo, you and Alan watched the show for our little show here. So Oof. we'll start with you. We'll go to Alan. So, Rodrigo, what are your thoughts? Oh, we watched this show, so y'all don't have to. Um, I'm sending you my cash app. Send you some money. Yes, like, please. I, I'm going to start charging y'all motherfuckers for this because. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Sag after a strike. Okay. I, look, okay. Okay. I'll, let me be, I'll start positive. Okay. Like, like Chad said, I, you know, I'm, I commend Brad Bell. You still, you know, the show looks like we're, I'm back in the nineties location shoes lush locations beautiful people the wardrobes hopefully i don't know um i don't see the future but okay um, I believe that hopes gowns are the future. A fashion show with no fashions. How dreadful! I mean, that's all I can say. It's just, it's oh. Anyway, the storyline. I don't mean to. I don't mean to keep interrupting you, but this shit's hilarious. We <laughs> struggling. Like, I mean, you know, it's... look, look. I, I love the way the show looks, but the stories do not match. Yeah. What I'm looking at. I'm sorry. The show is still bad, Brad Bell. You can't dress, you can't you can't put lipstick on the pig. <laughs> <Tell me. laughs> and Brad, look, Brad, Brad so you can make that pig look as beautiful as possible. You can make that pig look as sexy as a motherfucker. 
But that shit's still a pig. It's still Brad a pig. said that pig got Louis Vuitton for the credit score of 837. <laughs> Next. <laughs> it, it's still a pig. The storylines are, are horrible. Um, this Thomas is a whole shit. I'm sorry. You, t- Brad, you spent a good year or two or three making me see Thomas as a villainous person that drives black women off the road and talks to dolls and abuses his own little child and haunts him and don't tell people that their babies are alive and call CPS on themselves and framing people for that. And you want me to believe that whole her WAP is so wet that she cannot, her temptation for Thomas is just overwhelming to her. Hope should be disgusted by these feelings. I know that's what Brad thinks she's playing, but that's not what it's showing on my screen. This storyline is a offensive as fuck. The only petty silver lining I have in this is, is that Liam catches someone cheating on him for one. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's actually it. a good little twist. That's yeah. it. But at the same time, I am disgusted with the storyline. It is offensive. The way Brad is writing this, especially from Hope's point of view, when she's having these like 70s Barbarella fantasy <laughs> about Thomas and like... <sighs> It is a, it's bad. It is horrible. It's not storytelling, Brad. Oh my God. I, like I said, I mean, take us to Italy, take us to, to back the veil again if you want. Like, I don't care. The storylines are still trash. They're horrible. I mean, They're horrible. this is They're horrible. like even Fashion House on my, re- my network TV had better stories. It's like, it's not. It is horrible. Your A storylines are horrible. Your B. I don't think there's no B or C. The B storyline was. Yes, we said we wanted Sheila to take a break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fine. She can take a little break. Can believe. I mean, you, it was too much of you. Then we have Deacon at Il Giorgino's. Um, B- oh, I thought that was called like Deacons or something. Isn't you know, whatever the fuck they call it. Deacon is the Sharon Newman of Starbucks. <laughs> He's the Sharon Newman of B&B. <laughs> Deacon is at the at the restaurant doling advice as usual. Again, just doing advice and it's serving tombstone. Deacon giving advice to anybody. That is this crazy. is the last man that should be giving any type of advice about love or anything is Deacon Sharp. And then you have Taylor. And the most untailored thing she could ever do is scheming with Deacon Sharp to try to get him to go fall in love with Brooke. And then Deacon is going to go, oh, Brooke, you're the love of my life. Let's get back to you. were just fucking Sheila last week. You were just fucking her last week. We're about to go on the run and do all type of dumb shit with her. And... No, this is the right I mean, okay, so one thing that I will say to counter you, but it also goes along with you, is it is very Taylor, but it's very Taylor circa 1997. You know, this, I'm tired of this. Even though Deacon 
they have Steve. they have chemistry. Krista and Sean, they do have chemistry. I I do it. I oh, Krista's that. very much become a chemistry magnet. Chemistry maven, but yeah, Taylor, mm, no, they don't know what to do with this character. Like this, Taylor, Brad, it's 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 not good. It's no good. I like to, I love Krista Allen in the role, but this is. This is well, giving me, this is giving me when Hunter Tyler came back in the cane, and uh, with a, in a walker like she was seventy five years old mm-hmm. shooting at people and stuff like no, this is. And we also don't need that good. RJ who looks like the next bottom on Next Door Taboo. It's like oh girl, you should have saw RJ with um, Zenday. Zenday was extra zesty today. On this episode, very was it giving zesty. okay? Which which site was it giving? Very zesty. I'm like, are, are we going somewhere with this? I mean, I can see. Look, look, Brad. If no, but they're supposed to be family, though. They are, but has that ever stopped this? Show? That's never stopped this show before. But anyway, if they can put a little bit of bisexuality or like, how's it they gonna be on that Coco dorm? <laughs> Rodrigo turned on his Rodrigo turned on his television. Rodrigo turned on his television. Sprinkle me some bisexuality or just anything. That biology, that with with Paris and Zenday and RJ, mix a couple of more younger people in that little set. Make a little, you know, like. We could have a ball game if we just let the young people be young. Um, that RJ, that RJ is a swing and a miss. He came back with Steffi's dialogue yeah. six months ago. I'm sorry. Is Thomas and Zenday related or no? What'd you say, Chaz? Is Thomas and Zenday related? I can't remember. That's what well, he's saying. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Zenday, Zenday is an adopted boy. Oh, okay. So that's that's Thomas's uh, uh, aunt, uh, Kristen's son, adopted okay. son. I know. Yeah. But um, yeah, that they. I need the. I want the young. Like, I remember the days of Amber Moore and Rick Forster. Uh, and, sure. And uh, what's her name? Even I even like that girl. Not that Asher. Was fighting with over. Uh, <laughs> Candace caught that. <laughs> His name was Raymond. Y'all better get it right. That boy's name was. Raymond. That was um, uh, uh, Macy's little uh, sister. Oh what yes, 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 Kimberly. Jessica? Kimberly. Kimberly. Mm-hmm. I liked her. I liked oh, that. Yes, Kimberly. I liked Kimberly too. Bring me back the younger dynamic and stuff, Brad. I don't want to see. I'm sorry. I don't want to see the 30s, oh, like, the Kimberly. 40s, 50s that's like that no more. This is supposed to be the bold and beautiful. Where are my bold folks? Where are my yeah. bold younger characters? Like, it's. I'm done. Well, Alan, let's let's go to you. Yeah, go ahead, Alan. I'm sorry. Um, I don't took up your time. Go no, ahead. Uh, <laughs> Rodrigo, this isn't a Democratic National Convention debate. <laughs> you can still talk. Um, Alan, what are your thoughts on Thomas and Hope finally kissing? I you've been on this podcast a long time wanting them to get together. So I'm curious. Happy days are here again. Liam's getting cheated on. Hooray. <laughs> I want penetration. They need to actually fuck. I know Roger thinks it's gross, but there's a long history of soap women who've got 
sopping wet pussies over horrible men, so it is what it is. But yeah, otherwise the show is still bad, even though I'm excited about the cheating. Oh, of course. Alan, you love cheating. It is your soap trope that you adore. <laughs> I mean, they're actually going to do cheating. This show likes to just do kissing as cheating. I was going to say, yeah. Like, they like to do pics. <laughs> like, this is the same show that, like, made a big deal for Brooke being drunk and passed out and being, like, when nothing happened. I'm like, this is the same show that, like, they got, if they're gonna do it, just go all in, bro. Like this is the shit with Brad. It's, it's so he's so scared to do shit that he used to do so easily back in the day. That's what like, I don't understand. It's just, like you used to write this stuff all day. Every book alone, that was disgusting. But you went there. You went there. Like if you're gonna do it, just do it. You had Brooke and and what's that boy name Oliver on the pussy 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 episode. I don't understand. <laughs> and she thought it was 70-year-old Ridge. Right. Right. Good damn hell well, Ridge Foster looked good, but he didn't look that damn young. Get, me out, get out of and here. And his there. penis did not get that hard at his age. No, ma'am. <laughs> what Bill had a, a Bill and Brooke kissing in a secret room. Just kissing. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, it remember was... how scandalous it was when Brooke hid under Bill and Katie's bed? I'm like... Uh, and they had a fight about dry cleaning for 30 minutes. Wasn't Bill supposed to like fight for Katie and then he just chilling on the in the plane with Liam <laughs> talking about like it's just like no direction. It's literally there's just no Katie. direction whatsoever no. on this show. It's yeah. just no direction and stuff makes no fucking sense. I mean, it, it must be nice that. for those actors to make, you know, an easy check. That is Look, if you want to be an actor, go get you a job on The Bold and the Beautiful. It is the easiest job in the world. But they got shit, and that doesn't have to make sense, and they pay you a check. Congratulations. And you know what? You can learn to memorize lines like nobody's business in between. So no audition for me. Brad, a liar, too. Talking about RJ going to have this younger set coming in. I know. Remember the interview that we RJ's been doing? It's hanging out at Forrester. Uh, trying to get his pants back together. I'm like, and occasionally with his shirt off and that weird closed mouth smile. It's like, I don't get it. Candace, what about you? Let's get your thoughts before we go on to the Young and the Restless. Okay. <clears throat> it's nice to know that a soap can still do uh, overseas uh, production shoots. I love the location shoots, I thought they were gorgeous. Um, it makes me want to travel. Um, like you guys said, gowns, gowns, beautiful gowns, gorgeous people. Great, 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 great scenery. I hate this storyline with a passion. I, and y'all know I don't use the word hate a lot, but I really hate this. Yes, Matthew and Nika has chemistry. I'm not taking, I'm not saying they're not, but this does not make any sense to me because, and I've said this a couple of times. I really need for Bold to give me host POV. I swear I need to know the why to this, especially with a guy that has emotionally and mentally abused her. And when I say that, I don't want people to say, oh, well, he never touched her. No, it's not. I didn't say physical. I said mentally and emotionally because let's go back here. You have Douglas. I still need to see Caroline Jr.'s will, by the way. I need to see that. Also, 
I would have been, okay, let me just say this. I would have been fine with Thomas and Hope if he did do one and a couple of things after. He kept the fact that he knew the baby was alive. That was such a trigger for me. You made Hope also think that you, quote unquote, died in the, what was it, acid? Was it acid or something? I yeah, it was the vat of acid, yeah. It was, it was a vat of acid. You made her think all of this. And it's literally like a back and forth thing where I'm just like, Brad, I know you know what's wrong with the storyline. Is this storyline having people talk about it? Yes. Is that what a soap opera is supposed to do? Yes, it's supposed to have a debate about it. Is this like the shock value that we know Bold and Beautiful does all the time? Yes. Is this karma for all the times Liam has done something to Hope and Stuffy? A lot of people will agree that's the only saving grace is that Le Liam sees Hope kissing somebody else. Now he knows how it feels, right? Other than that, this makes no sense at all. And I'm like, this is not like back in the day in the 80s or early 90s. I don't understand this at all. And I'm sorry, this is a, this is going to probably be like one of my like disappointing worst storylines of the year because it makes no sense. And then, yeah, you do have hope over there. Like, OK, just by a touch. She's she's over there like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. It makes no sense. And then you got Steffi. Mm. So what's that about y'all touching? First of all, Steffi, mind your business. Mind your business. I understand you're getting too happy about this, but you already have a husband and two kids and you're supposed to be a CEO. First of all, if you was the CEO of a company, you and your father would be kicked out because y'all too much yeah, uh -uh, now invested in this. Then you got Brooke and Taylor. All right, Brad, I give you this point. You gave me you gave me at least three months of this. But I kept saying for Taylor's sanity, I need for her to still be the strong, the strongest one. Not saying that Brooke need, can't be strong, but Brooke has, has done this. It was just Taylor. The way they write Taylor, I swear up and down, I don't get it. It's like she's such a child. It's it. Oh my God, it irks me. Then you got Brooke and Brooke to saying to Ridge, I just want to be your Logan again. And I'm like, no, you don't. Stay away from him. Like Ridge is over there smirking, like, yeah, I know I got it. I got it. I knew she couldn't stay away from it this long. I got both Taylor. And it makes no sense. It's such a slap in the face. It's very frustrating. And don't get me started about RJ. <laughs> are, you sure he's not, are you sure he's not Arnold Schwarzenegger's other kid? Because I'm seeing some familiar. I'm seeing some. I'm seeing some resemblance a little bit, not all the way, but just a little. I don't understand why we brought RJ on if you're not going to utilize. See, Bold has the same problem as Young and the Rustless. You you need to start capitalizing on your younger set. Because you do got Paris, you got Zenday, you got RJ. That's it, right? Why do I feel like there's somebody else, though? Huh. I don't know. I thought you got them all. Nobody else. Wait, it's, it's literally like I'm thinking, is there somebody else? <laughs> like, 
But nope. I mean, you really do not know. Like, you should know how to play this up. Like, RJ Seeker could have been, he was questioning his sexuality. And I know everybody's like, okay, we've done that before. But in the sense that it's not one of the ABC, CBS after school break special type of things where, you know, it's, it's, I don't know where they could have won that. You need to use Diamond White because I'm going to tell you something right now. Marvel, that show she has on Disney is really good. And yeah, she's a part of Marvel Universe. So um, just saying. Y'all need to do something, but uh, it's so frustrating with this Hope and Thomas storyline. I'm just like, okay, just get it. Just I need the POV. And and I, I need for it to make sense. I don't want it to be, well, I'm just so sick and tired of everybody telling me what to do and how I'm supposed to feel. I feel I feel so comfortable around you, Thomas, even though I know that I'm not supposed to. No, I don't need that. Uh-uh. Nope, 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 and nope. Nope, nope. No. I just, um, I don't know. Nope. <laughs> I have balance with the show. Yep, nope, nope, and nope. <laughs> nope to, what is it, trope? Nope to trope. Yeah, nope to trope. There you, there you go, Candace. You tell them, Candace. <laughs> Hashtag nope to trope. And if you come at me, you already know how I feel about it. So, yeah. So let's move on to our final hot topic of the night and another CBS soap opera, The Young and the Restless, which just got done with a very, very dramatic week of episodes. So Sharon and Cameron climaxed and it climaxed in a sewer where Faith was kidnapped with bombs. <laughs> that did sound right. That did sound right. <laughs> so anyway, for all the grown-ups listening to the show, so a climax. Yo has got the story. nerve. <laughs> uh, go ahead, anyway, So it climaxed in the sewer with Faith <laughs> by Cameron, and for some reason, this ninety-pound young woman didn't feel twenty pounds worth of explosives strapped to her stomach the whole time. Um, but anyway, Nick and Sharon and chance track down cameron and faith they think they save faith sharon kills her abuser um and her almost rapist and then they defuse the bombs that were strapped to faith and then on the flip side of that sally goes into a attack of her preeclampsia and elena leaves it up to adam to choose in an emergency c-section does sally survive or does baby avery hope Adam picks Sally. Sally loses her baby. She now blames Adam for uh, Avery Hope's death. Um, there, there's a lot going on on The Young and the Restless right now. So, um, Tiggs, let's go to you. What did you think of the past week of The Young and the Restless? I still got to catch up, but I heard about it. I... I'm excited to watch because it's I haven't been like this is neighborhood gossip. <laughs> well, no, I just I, look, I, I'm excited to watch because I haven't been excited to watch wine all a while. I'm just afraid that okay, now that this is over, it's just gonna go back to being wah, wah, wah. because hope is already getting home. Faith is already about to get shipped off again. That's so fucking stupid. Why the fuck would she want to go back to summer just started? She would not want to go back to no fucking school. If anything, her ass would want to go live at the main house with her grandparents and have security heightened. And even then, like, no, she, no. 
they would make her go see a psychiatrist or something like that. Sharon could like suggest uh, one of her colleagues or something like that. Like Cameron Zayn. Why is she trying to leave? The motherfucker dead. I- I'm not. I-, I don't get that. Well, and she had bombs strapped to her, so it yeah, like she she needs some, some help, or, or or just to lead to her spiraling out of control. Because you know she was spiraling out of control when little Olivia um, was playing her, and then she got sore ass. All of a sudden, she had sense. So I look. I just want to look at the story, and because I know the rest of the line, I was kind of, but like at least. Well, this is a temporary A story child. But um that the whole Diane Phillips stuff took a back seat for about a month. <laughs> it became the B story. But that's probably gonna go back to being the A story again. And don't nobody give a shit about that. I don't know. Well, I, I'm interested to see how that will climax. Um, because I think the climax of that story might actually be kind of decent. We'll see. Um, and God, it needs to be because that story's been horrendous to sit through. Um, but Tiggs need to be Phyllis ass going to fucking prison. Exactly. But Tiggs or a padded cell. But Tiggs, what did you also think of Sally losing her baby and blaming Adam for it? I don't mind that the baby did, but like her blaming Adam is so fucking too. I understand that that's just a knee jerk reaction because she's grieving and all that. But it's just like, girl, what was he supposed to do, let you die? I mean, I wouldn't have minded that either. Sally could have died and left him with the fucking baby. <laughs> but um, I mean, it's bad when you have Nick defending him. Like, what like I, I don't understand. Like, they've been treating Adam like shit this whole time. It's like, oh uh, Sally, nobody told you to fuck Adam one last time and get knocked up by him. Nobody told you to do it, and nobody told you to start fucking his bruh. These are all decisions you made by yourself. So quit making Adam the culprit for your fucked up decisions. See, this is where I wish um, Summer and Sally were still enemies because I would love for them to have a fight months down the road from now and for Summer to say something like that. But, you know, we we can't have nice things. And now Adam once again gets blamed for a baby's death. And this time it wasn't his fault. He saved Sally's life. And, you know, the whole time she was like, you know, oh, Nick, who would you have saved if it was Faith or Sharon? The baby wasn't even healthy enough to survive. She was three months premature and Sally's womb was, you know, going through some shit. Like, Sally's had many attacks for weeks now that led up to the preeclampsia diagnosis or her being at risk for preeclampsia. And so it's like, Sally, your baby wouldn't have, you know, lived anyway, really. And I know she's in denial because. She's a grieving mom. She really did want the baby, but that's fine. But blaming Adam, I did not like. Um, Now, I will say Mark Grossman gave one hell of a performance, and so did Courtney for a few episodes. Um, I was very happy with the writing. Um, (laughs) But anyway, in terms of Sharon and Cameron, you guys know I feel very passionate about my young and restless. just like you guys do as well. And what we saw on that screen with Sharon Case and Lyndon Ashby and Raylan Castor and Connor Floyd and Joshua Morrow was soap opera. I was invested. I kid you not, when she stabbed him to death, my jaw was on the floor during the Friday cliffhanger. And I didn't even think it was Friday. I was so invested. I was like, oh my God, please tell me I've got one more episode to watch. 
Like it was so good. And I'm really sad that Ray Lynn is leaving. She's a great little actress. Um, Faith for me could be developed more on canvas. Um, but I will say what I love is that Sharon Case, she knows you all, she knows what's going on because she said to us, don't worry, Sharon's not disappearing. More stories are coming. And so I'm interested to see how the fallout will play with Sharon. What I'm also interested to see, though, is to me, Nick and Victoria are possibly going to organically fight with each other again, because I love that they're being written in character. Victoria wants to do what's best for the company. So she wants Nick to take a break. Nick has always been a hothead, so he doesn't see it that way. He sees it as offensive and Victoria tossing him aside. And then I'm interested to see how Nate and Audra will play into this. Are they planning some sort of a corporate takeover? Does one person have a leg up over the other? I'm interested in The Young and the Restless, but what scares me is we're headed straight for strike material. And that horrifies me to no end because of Josh being on his own without Amanda Beale. Um, but anyway, Candace, what did you think of this week of Wynarm? What do you think of what's coming in the future? Okay, so I'm going to do it. Um, <clears throat> first and foremost, GH, I want you to pay very close attention to this following phrase. that This is how you honor your show's history by bringing back a character that we have not seen in almost 20 years. And you come back and you bring the character back and utilize the past with the present. That is how you do it. Faith did not know this person. Sharon's worst nightmare came back to haunt her. We, the audience, was like, oh, sweet, William J. Bell. Like, okay. They did great with the Sharon and Cameron stuff. They really did. I'm not knocking it. But as a, a average young and restless fan, I understood what was happening. Because I think you guys just said it. For, what, two weeks, this was some great storyline. This was great soap. This was like the ghost of William J. Bell came back and said, here I am, ta-da. And you gave us all the, like, history flashbacks. Y'all know I love flashbacks and everything. You had the Nick and Sharon, the, the dynamic that doesn't stop. It's like, okay, can y'all please get back together for, for once and for all? But no, we're not having that. But I understood that you needed to take a pause from the other storyline that's really kind of just the whole Phyllis Diane thing, right? Okay. And this two weeks, it was the most talked about on social media. But again, when we found out that Lynn was leaving, it's the, okay, the aftermath. What happens next is everything. And sadly, there's no real follow-up. There's no the fact that Faith is going back to school, I thought that she was going to suffer some post-traumatic stress disorder. This was going to reopen certain things here and there. I thought with Sharon, you know, there was going to be some stuff. <sighs> so on that end, it's kind of like, oh, okay. Moving on to the Nick, Adam, and Sally stuff. Look, we all said this. That baby wasn't going to see the light of day. We were all trying to figure out how it was going to happen. Was it going to be Connor for his jealousy or was something going to happen to Sally when she met Cameron? 
But again, I think some people forgot. Is well, I'm gonna say this: if you're a bold and beautiful fan, you probably remember she does. Sally does have health issues, so for her to have lost the baby in this 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 fashion, it was heartbreaking because anybody who, out there, and I love that Courtney Hope posted this. Anybody who's lost, you know, a child and everything, your feelings does matter. Don't let anybody tell you that it doesn't, because it does. But I will say, Sally being mad at Adam, yeah, of course, like Elena said, okay, I will give Young Russell this. Elena said, your feelings are going to be everywhere. Your emotions are going to be everywhere, and then it's going to calm down, and then, you know, so I understood she was mad at Adam, but I'm also at the same time, I'm like, okay, Adam made that decision and Nick had told Sally, you know, he chose you. And Sally is all like, she just doesn't know what to do with herself right now. And I understand that. But at hindsight, it's like, dang, younger brothers, you made Adam, you blame, you put something on him that now Sally's going to be mad at him. So that's another strike against Adam. It's like, I don't understand. I don't understand what the show is doing with Adam. I really don't. I haven't since, and this is not a dig to Mark Grossman, but I have no idea what the, why they brought Adam back. I really don't. Cause all he is, is just being blamed for A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I don't understand that. I, I really don't. Yes, you had Nick and Adam, two people who had to face the, face kind of almost the same this, um, difficult decisions. It's either the person you're with, you know, like, you know, Nick with Sharon and, and Faith, and then Adam and Sally and the baby. And it's like, okay, they come together, but you know, darn good well, ain't going to last. I just really don't understand what is Adam's purpose right now. But Sally is going to be very interesting to see what, how they write her now. Because like she said, maybe I wasn't meant to have this baby, but maybe like I want to see what they do with Sally. Great Emmy work for Mark from Mark and Courtney. You notice this is a key word, Emmy bait. Because that's what I've been seeing lately. Um, Nate and Victoria and this whole Audra. I love Audra. Oh, I love her. Please don't ruin her. But it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens with them. So right now with Young and Russell, it is by far better than it was a year ago i will say that but i am kind of just like worried just like everybody else what happens next so i hope good material and i hope for more sharon case yeah because without his co-head writer there and now with scab writers because i think you know josh and amanda maybe sat down and planned out story into the end of the year but it's really about how is that story going to get executed with Josh by himself with a bunch of scab writers? That's what really worries me because you can plan out the greatest story. You can write something down, but at the end of the day, how you get that storyline out five days a week is the true challenge. So uh, I don't know. Um, Chaz, what are you thinking of? kind of what the future of the show might be after what's happened this past week. Um, Real quick. So I said this on my video. I don't have any notes for the uh, Sharon and a not Ashley, Jesus, 
uh, what's that man name? You dead. Cameron. Storyline. Played by Linda Nashby. <laughs> right. I'm like, it didn't go on too long. It was perfect. Everybody did what they were supposed to do. When that gal spitting, face spitting that man's face, I screamed. When Sharon stabbed that man in the chest, was like, uh-uh. I'm Let tired. me tell you, Ray Lancaster must have watched that Michelle Stafford video countless times Ooh, for lessons. I guess so. I guess so. But that was fantastic. That was the best. Like I said, this is the best storyline that they've had in years. Um, and it was it just so happened to be a retread of an old storyline, which made sense, right? It was so good. Um, so that that was fantastic. I loved it. It reminded me of Bill Bell. Um, it was done very well. It didn't go on too long. It wasn't, there were a couple things that, you know, if I want to nitpick, there were a couple things. I'm like, I didn't need the bomb. I'm sorry. It was just like, oh, I'm going to defuse this bomb by myself with no other help. It was, that was, it's a little wonky for me. I, I didn't need the bomb. Yes, um, yes. But, how, how did you say it? I mean, it's a little wonky, you know? It just was, <laughs> I didn't need it. It's just like, but, why Okay. Was it, was it wonky because you felt it was not needed or was it wonky because you know they don't have the budget to do anything with the bomb? I Yeah, it was just like, the whole thing was kind of weird because this, <laughs> this is the only part that bothered me. It was like, okay, we got all this stuff, have this girl to be kidnapped, all this stuff been happening, we knew what was going on. Wasn't no police at the place. There wasn't no uh, FBI set up. Nothing. It, it was no. It was it was Jack Chance Bauer, right? Doing everything. Because <laughs> my thing is, it's it like was, if they would have had the budget to do something, like if the last shot we would have seen on Monday was Chance and Nick and Sharon and Faith all running down the sewer tunnel, being chased by a fireball. That would have did something, but you're right because they don't have the budget for anything. Well, like that. they could just use that old Justin Hartley explosion. Explosion! Use a piece of that episode. And just make then, that I mean, it would have been nice, honestly, to make it last longer. It would have been nice if we pick up Tuesday, and mm -hmm. Tuesday is everybody passed out at the end of the sewer. Get all your actors covered in ashy and blood and stuff. You know what I mean? But yeah, we don't I have the budget you know, for that. I would have settled for, you know, one or two day players, an extra here, you know, somebody with a radio running around at the at the at the um at the ranch. Something. We like even the follow-up scene, which I thought was so weird when they had Victor come back in by itself. Everything okay? Everybody in the bed sleep. Look at you, Eric <laughs> like, Braden. So weird. Reading your lines like, off your iPhone. You go. <laughs> right. And it was so weird. Like Nikki didn't even come to the house to see the gal who was just kidnapped. Uh, you know, had a bomb strapped to her. She was up at the house. I have to call, call your mother. She's she, she's been very weird. Right. She could have come down to the bay house. Kill me, you all. Is he said. He said, let me call your mother. And then he puts his phone back in his pocket. I was like, <laughs> right? Like, she, it was know. just that, that little things. It's just like, okay, this is weird. Like, that kind of took away from it a little bit. But oh, other than that, it was perfectly fine. Um, the, uh, okay. I got to reference what I'm about to say. I love Courtney Hope. I think that she is a fantastic actress sometimes. And I think that, um, she is doing a very difficult job of playing a very unpopular character. Um, with that being said, I wouldn't have been upset if Courtney Hope went to the upper room with the baby. I don't like what they are doing with 
Adam is to blame again for another baby dying. Um, I don't like, I don't know why it had to take this turn because Sally is already an unpopular character. It's just, she just is. And she gets a lot of shit, you know, fans just don't like this character. And now that she's blaming Adam for it, we really don't like this character. And she does not have any connection to anyone on this show. She doesn't have any family here. She doesn't have anything that's really keeping her here. She ain't got no job. All she got is Adam and, or I guess, Nick now. But Nick really needs to just go back home and be with Sharon and call it a day. This is, to me, a perfect time for her to go on to Fairview because she can't get over her grief. She got to go get some grief counseling. She needs a break from Genoa City and to send her ass back on over to L.A., uh, uh, what why it ain't don't seem to be doing nothing put them back with them and let her get a storyline over there i've had enough of this character i'm just yeah. gonna be i wouldn't find that because it's almost like you know what they should have done instead is they should have had adam call chloe because i didn't understand why sally's best friend wouldn't have been there yeah and chloe could have made the decision and then while Sally is blaming Adam, thinking he made the decision going after him, Chloe can step in and be like, no, blame me. I made the yeah. decision because I yeah, wasn't going to have you die. Right. And like, that makes it seem like she can't never have no kids no more. Ain't nobody said that. You know, I understand she's going through grief. I get it. And like her first initial scenes, they were fine. I said, oh, she's doing great. And then I saw today and I was like, oh, child. Um, yeah, and it's just like I, I got to the point where I'm like, okay, this is too merch. It's too merch for me. And I'm like, and like how they have written her to now be blaming Adam for this is ridiculous because your ass wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him in the first place. They've, they've played her too much. Honestly, yeah. what I would have yeah. done today's episode is I would have played the Phyllis story instead. I know we yeah. don't like it, but it's time. They played poor Courtney Hope for like eight consecutive episodes. Like that's a lot. Um, well, and he's been on has, like, every day starting, for months. We did not need four days of we Courtney didn't, Hope. And it was starting to like grief. wane on me a little oh, bit. Um, no. They should have played their other storylines. Yeah, and like, and like, we get it. You lost the baby. I know that's a very sad thing, you know. And I, I understand it. Got it right. But again, <laughs> no, I just, it's just, we had to blame Adam again for doing something. And this man, this all he, it was his child too. You think he purposely tried to kill the baby? No, he didn't. He, he was already having issues beforehand. So I know she's not thinking rationally, but it was too heavy handed. And it, it just left a bad taste in my mouth because I, I've been somebody who's actually pulling for the character of Sally because I, I know the actress. But to be honest with you, if she had passed along with that baby, I wouldn't have minded, and, and it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have, uh, there wouldn't have been a huge hole left in the show if Sally's not there, and because again she doesn't have a connection to anyone on that 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 canvas. She's just an ancillary character that was on another show. So she just we they just kind of brought her over and they didn't build her out appropriately. So we don't give a damn about if she lives or dies. Nah, yeah, nah. like if she had brought over and then Rodrigo will go to you because I know you got some shit to say. Um, <laughs> but you know, if they had like brought Coco over for Noah or something, mm -hmm. you know, just somebody that Sally can connect with, or like if Shirley Patricia Darbo ended up owning 
or being the manager of society or something. It's like Sally's got nobody to lean on. And then you overplayed the character in a week. You know, I have to say, in my opinion on a soap, there's only so many lines and tears that can be cried over one situation before you have to move the character to the next situation or the next environment. You know, getting five episodes of Sally in the hospital saying the same lines over and over again, Adam, how could you do this? Adam, our baby girl, it's too much. Like it was great for the week to kind of balance out Sharon killing um Cameron that was great it was very Bill Bell to have two deaths and save Faith's life so it was death and then there's life I mm. loved fabulous to go on then and have it also be on Monday and on Tuesday and on today and probably tomorrow that's too much you've overplayed yeah it just it just needed to climax much. and I just want to say this real quick about the future I'm scared because we got a really, really good storyline. And the, to me, this, the, the Sally storyline is not a good storyline. It, it needed to end, and I'm glad it's over. Um, but the rest of the show, I, I'm not really feeling it right now. I'm kind of over Nick and, not Nick, um, Victoria and, and Nate. Um, I, I don't really care where that's going to end up going. Um, it's just, they're, it like, it's the, okay, the fair got it discovered. Okay, what next? You know, and it's just, I don't really care about too many other storylines that are going on right now. Um, the only one that they still need to resolve is ultimately the the Phyllis and Diane storyline needs to be resolved sooner than later because I'm so sick of that storyline. Just go ahead and do a big climax. Like, yeah, and just, you know, do a really big, great climax. Give us another, you know what? Give us another fabulous week of YNR with mm-hmm. a great climax to that story. Phyllis either going to a loony bin or going to prison. But Diane needs to really ass before. Diane needs and to yep, give us a good cat fight too. Like yeah, you know, I, I want a full. I want no slap. They need to be by themselves, and somebody got to come in there. They need to tear up the Abbott Mansion because yep. that deserves a, a whole ass beating that Phyllis got coming to her. She mm-hmm. absolutely does. So anyway, that's all. Uh, so Rodrigo, let's go to you, and then we'll go to Alan. Well. Come any time, Sharon Case and Linda Nashby should win next year. Um, phenomenal work between those two. The scenes, it was so very Bill Bell-esque. If Bill was writing a six-month arc, they turned a three- to six-month arc into two weeks. Um, and I'm just like, okay, I mean... It was made sense for those two weeks and the flashbacks and how everything came together and whatnot. Um, if we had a Bill Bell budget, you know, Chance would not be GCPD, the SWAT team, um, Bomb Squad, and whatever else Chance was playing that day. And I was just like, damn, no help. And I can see maybe that man, uh, he shall not be named. I know his ass was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's another story. Um, that's the good. Um, the bad is now Sharon is back to serving coffee. I'll bet she's now in jeans and how a person should be wearing clothes at a coffee house is not couture. Um, is Sharon in the gap? 
um, at the coffee house giving advice again. And I'm like, oh, God, Sharon, case you better be right that there's some fallout or some other story come from this because it's like, girl, they got you at the, two, the coffee house for two weeks and brought you right back into it. Um, the next Sally Adam thing, y'all know how I felt about this story. I've never liked this triangle. I Sally on this show has been hell on earth to get through because they have tried. Josh Griffith has made this character, thrown everything at this character, and nothing is sticking. Uh, that fun, spunky. Scheming Sally, I loved on the Bold and Beautiful, went away on the Young Arrest list, and I don't know what this is. Um, Courtney Hope, yes, that day one of her performance was amazing. I'll even give her day two. But day three, four, and five of the same thing? I wanted to order me a ham and cheese sandwich. I'm sorry. Um, it just got... <laughs> And a side of tomato soup, maybe. <laughs> not, not Panera. Slow's <laughs> Panera, the half and half. If you don't, you literally did a pick two. You did a pick two, Wait a minute. This portion, this portion of the chat podcast is brought to you by hopefully Panera Bread. Make sure you get broccoli and cheddar soup too. Hey, look, and now we're hungry. Great. Now we're you hungry. Too. I'm sorry. What an agave lemonade, please. Thank Ooh, you. Oh yes. Oh, you best believe. Yes. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Go, go, go. Okay. And a strawberry and a strawberry smoothie with the yeah. brownie. Thanks. <laughs> oh, and I love Courtney. the cold brew too. Okay. So. <laughs> I know Courtney. They they done through. They done threw you under the bus on the, on these scenes. They done threw everything to you, and I'm sure it was it was heavy trying to lift. And I know those last couple of days, you were just like, fuck it. I'll just do whatever to get through these crime scenes. But it didn't serve you well, baby. Uh, I don't care about this baby dying. I didn't know why they even brought this up in the first place. And if they were going to do this pregnancy storyline, they should have made Sally a schemer that wanted that Newman money and kept it moving because nothing was fun about this story whatsoever. Adam is blamed for this. Adam has to feel sorry for this. Now we're going to see the dark side of Adam come back again because of this shit. Because the scenes between him and Victor, and Victor's trying to help him. He said he don't have nobody. I guess it's fuck you to Connor because you said you don't have nobody to help you through nothing. Um, so I don't know where this is going, but I, I would hope that Courtney Hope, maybe Brad can, you know, Go across that hall and bring you on back over there uh, because their young set needs some help and you can help them over there because I no, I, I don't like it. Um, the other stories, yes, Phyllis and Diane, that needs to climax with Diane climbing Phyllis like a tree and beating the shit out of her. That's what I want to see. I want to see a drag out dynasty Sheila Lauren chemistry set all over like type fight. I want that shit. Give me that. Nate and Audra. I love Audra. I love that. What's her name? Zulika. Is that her name? Ms. Z. Yeah, Zulika Silver. Zulika Silver. 
beautiful, gorgeous. I love that character, Audra. I like her and Nate scheming, even though I don't know they're going to beat the Nubas. But if there's, if there's any chance, Josh Griffin, you are setting out for Nate Audra, pull one over on Victor and Victoria Dubin, that would be some epic proportion shit. But I don't think we're going there. But I don't know if they're gonna do it because it's gotta be all. If it's got, if it was just over Victoria, I see it. But if it's gotta be over Victor too, that ain't shit ain't gonna. Uh, I know, I know. But that would be so great to see these two minorities just doing it for the culture, doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Rodrigo, shut up. (laughs) Doing it for reparations. Doing it for you know what I'm saying. Like that would be so hooded. G that day is using Victoria's ass, beating her in her own game, beating Victor's ass in his own game, reading the books on Victor. Audra is smart as a whip. She's learned from the best as well. And those two just, but if they were gonna go there, I would love to see Nate. It, like, have let's see them fucking Nate and Audra doing some things behind the scenes and them sleeping together and scheming. And like, you know what I mean? Like, it could be a good story if written well. But I don't got no faith in that. But I, I'm just dreaming. It's a dream. I like the setup of it. I do like the setup. And then Nate and Nikki today. Oh, that damn Nikki Newman. Oh, I know Nate wanted to tell her ass off today, but he had to bite his tongue today. I like that little combative thing they had together today. That's why. That's why we need Olivia. I need Olivia. Oh on my yeah. Campus. Yes. I need Olivia on my campus. Olivia ain't just just like you. She wasn't scared of none of them people. She will cuss every last one of them out and did not care. Uh, I need Olivia on my campus to to kind of be inter- intermingled a little bit. She could have caught them, Nikki talking crazy to her son at the coffee house and told her ass off. You know, I, I need that. Yes, I think that that's the future. I mean, if they do it well, that'd be great. Trevor St. John, baby, why are you still here? I mean, I know you, you get know. a nice check. <laughs> I know you can, you're getting a nice CBS daytime check. I know that CBS check is nice. But I, even you in these scenes, you're like, why am I here? I mean, I enjoy Eileen. She's beautiful. But even Eileen's like, mm. <laughs> I'm reciting the same shit. And she looks crazy in these scenes. Um, they may actually stupid, and I don't like it. It is really dumb. It's so dumb. Tucker, I don't know why Tucker's still here. Like, do something. Do something with this character. Because for Trevor St. John to be on this show... And not doing a lick of goddamn nothing is a shame. It's just a shame. Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, younger wrestlers, I mean, I gotta say, out of all the four, now they're the ones that are the soapies right now for me. And I love when they use the show, they, they just transition. One for three months, this show is gonna be good. Another three, watch Bold and Beautiful gonna transition and be good. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, younger guys they have a lot of problems, but we'll see when Josh is on his own fully. We'll see what happens. <laughs> and then, Alan, why don't you close us out for tonight with your thoughts? Well, I'm sorry to every other lead actress on alert soaps, but you're not going to win that Emmy next year. Sharon Case is Emmy. She's winning that bitch. But yeah, I am worried. I'm glad, glad lit freaking. 
tell his baby's dead because that the baby didn't need to exist and didn't really need another child. And Sally can die, frankly, as well. And I am, like you guys, I am worried about the strike material because even if Josh is by core and he's going to be writing every all the freaking breakdowns and the long story and all that, he's not going to deal with scab writers writing his scripts. We don't know who the scab writers are for the scripts because who knows? It could be someone on the table, it could be another by core writer. We don't know if those people know the show. We're going to be dealing with some really wonky dialogue and history here. So that's troubling. Very much so. Well, Alan, where can our listeners find you on Twitter as well? You can find, you can find me talking about musicals on Alice Rappa. <laughs> Tiggs, what about you? You can find me at the Ben Master Part 2. Rodrigo? You can find me at, at Rodrigo's World 81. And Candace. Should I go the whole list? Sure, okay. go for it. You can find you can find me at, at Candy Pool on Twitter. You can find me every Sunday on Soul Party from One. You can also find me occasionally here and there on some audio drama series that is actually picking up right now. It's actually getting good. So I advise people to listen to it because you might hear some familiar voices called Forever in a Day, the OG of it all. Um, but it's some good. So you can find me there. And of course, you can find me getting on Casey's nerves. Wouldn't want it <laughs> any other way. <laughs> I'm Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. And this is Sex in the City. Um, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Casey <laughs> as such. You can find our show on Twitter at the chat underscore podcast. You can also find us on Facebook at the chat show podcast. And we'll see everybody next week. Andy, thanks for joining us and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.